Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, and I'm your host, John June, and of course, that time of year, got my guy, Greg Penniman. Greg, what is good, bro? What is going on? We are here. We're back. You know, did the quarterbacks of the day. Now we heard the running backs, you know, a little more fluctuation in this position i'm a little more interested in the in the rbs and in the skill positions you know they don't get paid as much so i gotta appreciate them a little more you know yeah definitely gotta appreciate them and then there's also you know there's this is like we said yesterday or uh well, it feels like yesterday but when for the quarterback breakdowns there's a lot of agreement not just amongst ourselves but across the fantasy Mm-hmm. industry as a whole so the running backs is where you you know you'll start to see some some uh differing of opinions and i think some some rankings might surprise people so you know yeah. with that being said the agenda for today very similar to what it was for the quarterback breakdown discuss our top three running backs we reveal our top 12s we'll go through our sleepers our bust our breakouts and our my guys and then if time permits we'll we'll play some adp games so Let's just jump into the running back breakdown. We don't have much, any news to cover today. The uh, recap in the top 12 from last year in fantasy points per game, that's the that's the metric we'll go with. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was the number one player. Alvin Kamara was number two. Dalvin Cook, three. Derrick Henry, four. Aaron Jones, five. James Robinson, David Montgomery, Nick <clears> Chubb, <throat> Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, and Miles Gaskin. The gas man. The gas man. Greg, which of these guys have the, in your opinion, the largest or the biggest uh, chance of falling out of this top 12? Uh, Unfortunately, you know, it hurts me. You know, this is one of our guys uh, coming in early last year. I'm going to have to go with James Robinson this year. Uh, Just... Not because of him, it's just, you know, that man, Travis Etienne, is, is going to be a problem. Like, you know, you're already hearing rumbles about him in camp. Uh, you know, you already, you know, he's he's a college-type player uh, with a college-style coach. He's going to have, have him not be just a running back. He's going to be everywhere or on the field getting targets, getting, uh, you know, rushing carries as well. So it's going to be a huge impact to James Robinson. Um, they're both going to just eat each other up, like each other's stats up, eat each other's caps up. So James Robinson definitely getting that 25 to 20 carry 20 20 to 25 carries a game that's not happening again so yeah etn is gonna eat that up yeah no i definitely agree there james robinson's easy um yeah you know david montgomery is another guy i see you know just not because yeah. of him just, just because of some of these other guys that might take some leaps this sure. year especially if they're uh, healthy miles gaskin's probably another guy that fits in that category but let's jump into it man Starting with the running back position, starting with the RB1, Greg, I'm going to kick it to you. I don't think there's any surprise here. This should be kind of like the quarterback position. So why don't you uh, lay this up real quick? Yeah, man, this is this is Christian McCaffrey. This is CMC number one. It doesn't matter how many games he played Then that those couple games he played. He was still getting over 20 to 25 touches a game. Uh, this man's a dual threat uh, receiver and running back. He's he's better than your favorite receiver, uh, and he he's just gonna keep doing what he has to do 
on the field. There's no competition as there shouldn't be for this man. Uh, so the percentage of carries are going to be there for him. The percentage of receptions are going to be there for him. Uh, I got him pretty much blowing the field away as the one um, uh, after my next person in projection. So, yeah, Christian McCaffrey's that guy. Um, they're have to, gonna have to run the offense through him. Continue to run the offense through him. It, it starts with him. No, absolutely. I mean, despite missing 13 games last year with injuries, I mean, he was everything you would want in in the, in the number one overall pick when he did play. Average 29 PPR points per game, which again would have made him the number one player, the number one running back in fantasy, was on a 16 game pace of of over 416 opportunities. There were some questions about whether. Joe Brady, Matt Rule, and this new offense or this new coaching staff would really lean on McCaffrey. I, I don't think we saw that. He had almost he was projected for almost 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 32 total touchdowns on that 16 game pace. So, you know, no reason to not project this guy to be the number one guy again. Injuries aren't aren't a concern for me, and and neither is the workload. So, you know, not much to see here for me, man. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. You know, they they did get Chubba Hubbard, but um, that's more. He'll be a, a productive but backup, probably the best backup they've had. But he's not going to impact what Chris McCaffrey does. Um, yeah, he's still got him getting 65% of those rush attempts, which is a high high rate. Yeah, no, definitely McCaffrey will be the the workhorse there. Um, let's move on to the RB two man, and and I'm going with Dalvin Cook, man. He was. He was the man in 2020. Uh, I had actually had a, a, a last second tilt, and we'll get to that one in a little bit. But he was he was the man in 2020. was a was a really good season for the running back out of Minnesota. 312 rush attempts, 1,557 rushing yards, 16 rushing touchdowns. Those were all career highs. Also added 54 targets for 44 catches, 361 yards, and one other receiving touchdown. Like again, like I said, I was close to having this guy as my RB three, but I had to change a heart here. He's he's my RB two. Uh, he was first in the league in touches per game, uh, twenty over twenty five touches a game. Uh, second in in rushing yards, uh, second in rushing yards per game as well. He was a workhorse and and has the pass catching upside that we look for in PPR leagues. So Dalvin Cook has to be my number two running back. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. Dalvin Cook is just you know. First of all, again, have to shout out my dynasty team, my uh, running back on my the Bronx Elite. So just my heart is with also Dalvin Cook, and the, the numbers prove it as well. Uh, he's just so explosive in what he does. Uh, yep, yeah, talk about the touches per game. He, he led that year last year. Um, he could, I think he could also do that this year again. Um, and the game script for Minnesota and what they're gonna do, their style, they might even try to run it more and lean on him more. Um, you talked about in the quarterback episode how. You know, they don't want to try to be in those high scoring games, have to come back. And, and so they want to be in positive game script. And that's running the ball in the second half, closing with Dalvin Cook. No, absolutely, man. And so, Greg, I, I'm going to kick it to you here for your, your running back three, man. What do you got? Running back three, it was a it was tight between Kamara and, and Derrick Henry. But I'm going to go with my man Derrick Henry, King Henry. Uh, I think that edge was the workout video. So, you know, <laughs> to give my man Derek Henry, he's going to be working uh, <clears throat> even with the addition of Julio Jones and maybe the transition maybe to a more passing game. But they're going to still feed and uh, the, the, um, carry on Derek Henry. Uh, I see. Yep. 20, 20 to you know, 20 to 25 carries a game. Uh, and he's he's a workhorse. He's going to get, you know, o- o- close to five yards a carry and he's going to be getting in the red zone, getting those touchdowns. That's where his money is made. 
because he's not, you know, big in the receptions game. Uh, you know, he'll do some little work, but his money's in that red zone where he's getting multiple touchdowns. Led the league in rushing touchdowns last year. Yeah, I mean, had 2,000 yards last year. Derrick Henry was an absolute man. And he, um, I think, you know, with the addition of Julio Jones, that efficiency we should see go up, right? I mean, he's got that yards per carry should maintain, I mean, it's already high. It should maintain a high, a high number over five yards per carry. Derrick Henry is, I mean, he's an absolute beast. Uh, when I started out the projection process, he was actually my number two guy. Uh, I, I had to scale back a little bit, you know, get a little bit more conservative in that um, because, you know, he does not have the, you know, the the pass catching upside like you talked about. Right. Uh, and then to expect him to rush for 2000 yards again in a 17 game season. Um, I mean, it's definitely possible, but the touches they're they're counting up. Uh, but not to say anything about Derrick Henry, still think he's going to be great this year. My RB three is. <laughs> All right, man. Saquon Barkley, man. Wow. Yeah. Look, look. Wow. Look, it's crazy. I know, he, I, know this he's, one. <laughs> I know he's coming off the torn ACL, MCL, and meniscus, which he did in week two of the 2020 season. And for that season, I projected that we would see a career year from Saquon Barkley. And I'm, you know what? I'm not holding out hope from last year. I'm not holding it against him either. But you obviously have to prognosticate around the injury um, but if you see the videos that he's put out, like you talked about workout videos, my man's been working, you see him cutting, you see him running, you know, I look at him and, and maybe he doesn't have right now in, in July, August, he doesn't have the conditioning to, to carry that workload, but you see him, obviously, I don't think the knee's really that much of a concern right now. And the Giants aren't talking about his availability in week one, but really think about it. Are you, do you think a Bill Belichick disciple would give his players the okay to talk about their week one availability in July or August? Like, that's not going to happen. And so, you know, he's going off the board as the RB5, uh, to, according to 444, his multi-site ADP. And I know, again, the injury is a concern, but there are injury analysts, people in the community that I trust, uh, Dr. Edwin Poros, also my guy Marcel Bordeaux, who's on here for the Raiders. They believe that he'll be good to go this season. I'm a bit of a risk taker, Greg. You know that. But like Bruce Arians would say, no risk it, no biscuit. And I'm shooting for the upside right, right here with Saquon Barkley. And I want the biscuit, man. I feel you. I feel you on what he can do in the, in the games he's going to play. I'm just, you know, I'm concerned about the the touches number that he's gonna get, and just in general, uh, are they gonna are the Giants gonna lean on him to give him that those number of carries? First of all, is he gonna be there week one? He's already come out and said, you know, he's, uh, you know, doesn't want to be too rushed. He does, they they want to make sure he's 130 percent for week one. I personally don't think he's gonna be there to play week one. Right, so like for him me to get for him to get you know top three to get all those points, he has to be there probably all 17. Um, if we're talking total points, um, so it's yeah, it's just a matter of availability as far as starting off the gate. If he's gonna be there at week one, I could see him coming back more week three, you know, uh, week two, and then as they're also when he's in the game, are they gonna you know make sure they try to prevent re-injury as far as like giving him the bulk of the carries and the touches? Yeah, and I think the other thing, I mean, those are all good points. I think the other thing to note though too is as Saquon Barkley gets more comfortable, right? 
then we get Saquon Barkley. Right. And and we know what that can be. There's there's 20, 30 point upside in PPR leagues there. And I think that even though they did add Kenny Galladay, I still think Saquon Barkley is probably the second leading tar- target getter on this team. So again, I'm a risk taker. You're a little bit you're more risk averse than me. So you know what? We have our first disagreement here, but not by much, Greg. Why don't you give the people your uh, your top 12, man? Round it out for them. So for my top 12, I have my man Christian McCaffrey is one, Dalvin Cook two, Derek Henry three, Alvin Kamara four, Austin Ecker five, Zeke Elliott six, Aaron Jones seven, JT Johnson Taylor eight, Nick Chubb nine, Swift, uh, DeAndre Swift at 10, uh, Saquon Barkley at 11, and then Clyde Edwards Alaire at 12. Okay, yeah, I mean, we, I like it. It's a little bit different than mine, but I, I definitely like it, man. Uh, one, I got McCaffrey, two, Dalvin Cook, three, Saquon Barkley, four, Zeke Elliott, five, Derrick Henry, six, Alvin Kamara, seven, Aaron Jones, eight, Austin Eckler, nine, Nick Chubb, ten, Jonathan Taylor, eleven, DeAndre Swift, and twelve, Najee Harris. Word, word, word. I think the only one that we didn't have in our top 12 was... I have Clyde in mind. Do you have Clyde in yours? I have, I have, no, oh, yeah. I don't have Clyde in mind. But I, I, he's it. close. Yeah. I, I he's an honorable mention, I'm sure. He's like yeah, 13. Yeah, 14. no, for sure. He's, yeah. um, I think I've got him at like 13 or 14. Yeah, yeah. He's, right, he's right there. Um, all yeah, right, man. man, let's, let's, let's jump into this. Let's jump into this, this running back, this, this breakdown, man. These, uh, I guess I'll start with the bust, man. And like we say, we don't want to give this one out, but, there's a, we're going on a player here who might disappoint at their ADP for one reason or another. And with that being said, my running back bust for 2021 is Raheem Mostert. Uh, going up <sighs> That's the a board, great one. That's a, great one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. Yeah. Going up the board is the RB28, finished as the RB27 in PPR points per game last season, only playing in eight games, missing some time with injuries. I have him down as my bust for a few reasons. He's first, he's 29, does have a little less tread on your tire than the uh, than the average 29 year old. Only has 318 career touches, but he's been banged up at times. And the 49ers spent a third round pick on rookie running back Trey Sermon, who's expected to have some sort of role here in the Niners' backfield. And then there's the, also the possibility of what could also happen to these Niners running backs if and when rookie quarterback Trey Lance takes over because he will gobble up some of these rushing touchdowns. And so with all these variables at play, I just think the deck is stacked against Mostert. Yeah, I definitely agree with that uh, as a bus. I probably looking at him as him or well, my bus candidate, which would have been James Robinson. And because of where he's going, because of the people behind him, which is Travis Etienne, who I think will end up over him when the season's over. So it's more like an ADP game at that point. You're who you're going to draft. And I'm, I'm taking Travis Etienne uh, over James Robinson for, for that. And if I'm making that decision. Yeah, I was looking at their ADPs today. It's quite interesting. I mean, James Robinson, I think the RB 25 is somewhere in that range. And Travis yep. Etienne is the yep. RB 34. And I would, I, I totally agree with you. I have ETN over not over James Robinson in, in my projections and my rankings, and so I would prefer to have the, you know, Travis ETN at that price. But um, Craig, why don't you give the people your running back sleeper, man? Ooh, all right. So you know, people are gonna be sleeping on, but I'm, I'm gonna go with my man 
deep and real, not deep real in the back, but Javante Williams, a very popular sleeper among the fantasy community, but as far as me as well, uh, Denver uh, draft pick. So it's more about, you know, the fact that he, he's, you know, highly rated coming out of North Carolina with his breakout year. And I think he can just be better than Melvin Gordon, honestly, when it comes down to it uh, throughout the year. Um, maybe not to start, he won't get the bulk of the carries, but as we, you know, transition, uh, those, you know, rookie rookies get momentum throughout the end of the year, kind of Antonio Gibson type rumblings and stuff like that. I think Javante Williams can um, make his name for himself and, and get a lot of carries uh, for the position he's going at a, a RB29 top 30 running back, which is pretty solid. But I think he can finish top 25. I think he will finish top 25 this year. No, that's definitely a good one. And it's definitely interesting because. You know, we talk, you talk about Javante Williams. I'm actually going to go with his college teammate. Michael Carter is my guy here. He was one of my favorite running backs in the 2020 class. This dude, his movement skills, his agility, they reminded me so much of Alvin Kamara. And I'm just saying stylistically, I'm not saying that this guy will be Alvin Kamara and he'll, you know, he has that talent. I'm just saying from a, from a style perspective, how he moves on a football mm-hmm. field, how mm-hmm. he operates in space, how he can catch the football. That's who he reminds me of. He actually, you know, you talked about Javante Williams, but he led it, he led the University of North Carolina, Michael Carter did, in scrimmage yards each of the last two years. He fits this wide zone uh, Shanahan run scheme perfectly. The Jets have an improved offensive line as well, adding rookie Elijah Vera, Vera Tucker at left guard next to uh, ascending left tackle Makai Becton. They also added Morgan Moses on the right side to upgrade that side of the offensive line. I think we see an improved Jets offense as a whole, and Carter, who can make an impact as not just a runner, but a receiver, will be a factor in this Jets offense. Yeah, I like that. The two North Carolina boys. I'm a, I'm a Duke guy, so this really hurts me that both of, uh, both of these guys are being named as our sleepers because, you know, North Carolina just, you know, it rubs me the wrong way sometimes. But, yeah, I think both of these guys, Javante and Melvin Gordon, yeah, they're – oh, Javante will come through um, and get some momentum down the stretch. Yeah, I'm just pulling up the ADPs on both of them right now. Uh, Like you said, um, according to 44.com's multi-site ADP, it's just they take some ADPs, they aggregate them, uh, so you get an average. Javante Williams is the RB25. Okay. uh, Going off is is the pick 608 in 12-team leagues. Michael Carter is the RB31 going off as the eighth in in the eighth round, uh, in the fourth pick in the eighth round of 12-team leagues. So, uh, just, you know, let people know where these guys are going. And I'm going to go to the running back or to the, my breakout here for the running back position. And, you know, the trend for me three years in a row, it seems, is to go with these rookie running backs. And I just can't help myself. It, it's the easiest thing to do, I feel like. Uh, and so I'm going at it again. Najee Harris, I've been pretty adamant since Najee Harris was made the 24th pick in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm by the Pittsburgh Steelers that he would be an RB1 or approaching that territory. And I've only risen on Najee Harris since that time. He enters a situation in Pittsburgh where the run game was lacking last year and he gets an opportunity to be the guy. And if you know anything about Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you'll know that he prefers a bell cow. When discussing his rookie running back on July 30th, Tomlin said, you know, quote, you would like a known feature guy I think everybody is of that mentality, but it's going to be something that's taken by someone. Oh, wait, that quote's actually from 2013 when he was talking about Le'Veon Bell, 
but it's applicable still because I think that Le'Veon Bell and Najee Harris are so similar as running backs to me in terms of their body types. They're both tall, slender, but powerful backs that are smooth in the pass game as well as well as in the run game. Um, but they can be utilized as receivers. And, and Le'Veon Bell saw 289 touches as a rookie in 13 games for the Pittsburgh Steelers, averaged almost 17 PPR points per game, and was a top eight running back in points per game. And I think if if Najee can get the 22.2 touches a game that Bell was getting, an RB1 season is a lock for him as a rookie. Yeah, definitely. Najee Harris is a great one. I mean, for the fact that last year you had my man Big Ben, Big where Big Ben with all these knee pads and everything like that, throwing over 40 times a game. Like, that's ridiculous. Uh, you, you need to shift that over to the Pittsburgh Series identity, get those carries, and get those receptions to uh, Najee Harris. I think, you know, we'll kind of see his reception game come out and uh, and show um, shock a little people a little bit that he's good in that game in that area. So I think that's a, a definitely a really good breakout. And it's, it's easy for a rookie, you know, to choose a rookie running back for breakout because, like, it just sets up the definition. Like, you know, yeah. The person that you don't know about that's going to break out like rookies are going to that's the one like so hey man it may it might have to just be called rookie breakouts like <laughs> <laughs> we just have two separate ones yeah 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 but uh i'm gonna go with you know travis etn i've been talking about him throughout the whole podcast uh this episode yes uh travis etn that's my breakout um just as far as i'm just really in love with the player that he is not the running back i think he, he's he's a, definitely a player and he's he's going to be all over the field Catching passes, uh, doing jet sweeps, you know, um, getting carries in, in general. Uh, we're Urban Meyer. I think um, I believe in the system and that they're, what they're gonna do. And um, yeah, the opportunity is there for him to get these these carries. James Robinson is, is a great guy, but you know he doesn't have that clout that you know with the new with the new quarterback, new coach, and everything. You know, it's it's easy to shift over that role to Travis Etienne. Bro, I agree, man. I mean, Travis Etienne was one of my favorite players in college football for the last, like, three years. Uh, the dude is just dynamic. And when you look at him in this Urban Meyer, right, offense, he's just like Percy Harvin. Just, yeah. Just screams. yeah, just screams Percy Harvin. Yeah, <laughs> Percy Harvin, sure. Curtis Samuel. Yep. Um, you know, those yep. kind of guys that can make impacts in both the running and receiving game. And I totally agree with you. You know, I, he's – yeah, not. I mean, Travis Etienne is going to be going to be a stud. I mean, two breakout running backs. I think we did this last year too, Greg. Two rookies as our breakouts. Yeah, uh, yeah. we're doing it again. It's it's yeah, like yeah. it's just it's like a layup, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go to the my guys, man. And, and Greg, you're going to kick this one off. Who's your my guy for the 2021 NFL season? So my guy this year for the 2021 uh, NFL season, I, I was. I was gonna go with with the gas man, but I'm, I'm gonna shift it to my man, my man Clyde Edwards-Helaire. That's gonna be the my guy for this year. Uh, just off the fact that you know Kansas City, uh, I'm a closet Kansas City Chiefs fan first of all, and then uh, just Clyde man, I think he's gonna step up and and show you know people were really hot on him last year. Uh, you know the it wasn't his fault. I think it was more like the the offense and the style, and that you know could play a little bit into this year, but. Uh, I think he he's gonna get continue to get these carries. Like it reminds me of that Bills game when he got that 20 25 carries and he just dominated. I think you'll see more games of that. Um, he he got a really good, very efficient in his runs last year, and I think they'll use him more uh, in the rushing game and of course continue to get him work and improvement in the passing game. Ricky running backs and running backs usually, if they're pass catchers, 
steadily increase throughout their years from the second year to the third year in, in targets and receptions. So that's going to improve. No, definitely. I'm, I'm totally with you on this. I mean, I, I, I'm sitting here looking at my rankings and I'm like, I should move Clyde up. Like yeah. I should have him. I have, I've got him at 15 right now behind Chris Carson and Joe Mixon. And like, I should totally take Clyde above both Chris Carson and Joe Mixon right after Najee Harris though. Uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just that much a believer in Najee yeah, Harris. Yeah, 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 you should. But I, no, I totally agree, man. Clyde is a guy that I think, you know, as soon as the season ended, I said Clyde is going to be a guy that people are going to sleep on going into this year because there has such a bad taste in their mouth. And like you said, he had the touch the Bills game. He completely went off, had 25 touches, whatever, or, you know, even I think it was even more touches than that. But yeah. then they make the acquisition of Le'Veon Bell, which kind of like torpedoed his season because he was a workhorse at that time. He was. Prior to Le'Veon Bell acquisition, Le'Veon Bell comes here it's just like four great four straight games of like single digit carries and then they they start giving him double digits again and then he gets hurt against New Orleans and so people are just going to automatically forget Clyde and leave him to the wayside but I'm totally with you he should absolutely be in RB1 territory uh my my guy for the 2021 season at the running back position uh, I should actually, I feel, I feel bad because you have him ranked higher than I do. That's Austin Eckler, man. <laughs> Through 10 games last year in 2020, averaged 16 and a half PPR points per game, finishing as the RB 11 in, in PPR points per game. He did miss six games on the year with the hamstring injury, but he was still the team's leading rusher with 116 carries, 530 yards. Also added 65 targets for 54 receptions and 403 yards, three total touchdowns on a season. If you extrapolate his out his season out to 16 games, we're talking about an 848 uh, 848 rushing yards, 104 targets, 645 receiving yards. Now enter head coach Brandon Staley and new offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, who comes from the New Orleans Saints, and we've seen how they use Alvin Kamara over there. And in that offense, and I think Eckler has even more potential in 2021 than he did in 2020. He's going off the board right now as the RB RB8. That's right where I have him. But like you have him, Greg, top five. I think he has top five potential if he can stay healthy. Uh, I think he's going to be lights out in this Chargers offense. Yeah, we were talking about it off air. I think this guy is, you know, 100 target guy can be that Alvin Kamara guy. Get get you over 80 to 90 receptions. Um. Uh, you know what Saquon was doing his rookie year, like he's gonna be killing with the herb a full season with him now, off season with him, working the timing, everything's just gonna be better. Uh, yeah, Austin Eckler is gonna continue to to dominate. Um, and I think he's gonna get his rushing touchdowns number up, so that'd be that'd be pretty good. I totally agree there. I think the rushing touchdowns should go up there for Austin Eckler. He's gonna be the workhorse here in this backfield. And I know we're going to we have some time for some ADP game, Greg, but I just want to I want to dig into some of these later guys. Right. These these RB twos a little bit uh, just because um, or you're even later, potentially just because we know the running back position. It's it's not it's not really about these top these top 12, top 15 guys mm-hmm. as much as it is about these later round guys. So is there, you know, potentially a sleeper here that, you know, that we might have not talked about? Uh, a running back here that that's you know you're trying to leave drafts with. Uh, I think um if I if I had Damian Harris as on my RB three, I'd be I'd be pretty happy. I'd be you know uh, I'm putting my flex position. This is a guy last year. You know he was 
did a, a good job of, you know, when they gave him the ball and carries, he, he was very efficient with them. Um, it, it's just a matter of, you know, him him getting the ball and, and the carries. It's dicey hitting, uh, you know, getting a Patriots running back, but no no, rec, more, no more Rex Burkhead, so at least that's out of the way, even though he was a carries guy, uh, or, you know, a receptions guy. Um, but Sonny Michelle, he's very up and down, and I don't think that – I think Damian Harris is going to win that backfield and be the guy for New England. Um, he proved it last year with his efficiency and his, his toughness. So when he's on, on the field, I, I think at RB's rated as around that RB30 field. Um, I think he finishes a top 30 running back. I would be excited if I had a, him as my RB3. Um, also, one other name, Miles Gaskin's backup, Salvin Ahmed. That's a deep sleeper. But when Miles Gaskin was hurt and Salvin Ahmed had the, the bulk of the, the, the backfield, he put up pretty much the same numbers as the gas man uh, with, with this efficiency. Um, and, you know, just to make sure that miles um, Gaskin doesn't wear out throughout the year, I think they're going to lean on Ahmed to give him some carries. And I think that'd be a good guy to have um, to, for your, to add to your running back depth. No, definitely agree on, on both of those. I mean, Damian Harris is a guy that he showed well last year, I think in an offense, I, I've said this multiple times this season, this off season, but I feel better about Damian Harris and Mac Jones-led offense than I do in a Cam Newton-led offense just because Cam Newton just gobbles up those mm-hmm. rushing touchdowns. But I think Damian Harris is, is definitely in position to to absolutely smash at RB, his RB33 price. I mean, if you can get him as your running back four even, right, like or – you know, maybe like you said, RB three, but like you know me, I, I like to I like to load up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so if you can get him, I I think that he's a, he's definitely has uh, that that upside that you're looking for. And you know, the second guy that you mentioned who was the second guy you mentioned. Oh, Salvin, Salvin, Ahmed, Salvin Ahmed, Ahmed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I totally agree. He's a guy that for some reason he just goes like way late in in, yeah. in drafts that I've done, and I'm like. You know he's 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 a guy that's productive with his touches. Yeah. Like you said, he had when he had to fill in for Miles Gaskin, he definitely performed and came through. So I'm definitely looking towards him. For me, you know, one guy I've I've been pretty adamant about uh, that he's going to be the lead guy in in his backfield is is Chase Edmonds. I mean, you know, James Connors coming over from from Pittsburgh. You know, like we always say on this show, Greg, mm-hmm. uh, death taxes. James Conner getting injured. In prime yes, time sir. Game. I yes, mean, sir. I don't like. There's no reason why Chase Edmonds won't be the lead back in terms of touches and opportunities in this backfield. He's done well with them before. And then there's people that talk about, oh well, you know, Chase Edmonds might not be a 20 20 touch guy. But when you look at it, I mean, the year that he got uh, that, you know, David Johnson had gotten injured. Before, the prior to acquiring Kenyon Drake, he the the Cardinals were giving him those touches. He had a, yeah. you know a thirty touch game in there as well against the Giants, and so you know I think that Chase Edmonds can do that. He's put on some weight as well uh, to improve, and he uh, his power and uh, you know make him more durable throughout the season. And he's also a very good pass catcher, and he plays in a really good offense with Kyler Murray. So he's a guy that. You know, I've got him inside my top 30 running backs. Uh, he's going as the running back 24. So um, his price has crept up a little bit, but definitely was a guy that I felt like was getting slept on. And then another guy that I'm I'm in on, I, I kind of, you know, I, I will 
claim to be a, a truther from last year. I, you know, I went against the grain. It was unpopular, but Ronald oh, my Joe, man, Rojo, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Rojo. Uh, I think he's going off the board right now as the RB35 behind Leonard Fournette, who's the RB29. I just think, again, I said it last year, I'll say it again, I just think Ronald Jones is is the better player uh, at this point in their careers, and I think that he really adds some juice to that that run game. And they did add Giovanni Bernard to to their backfield, So, who I also think has some value, by the way, in PPR leagues. But, you know, I think that, Giovanni Bernard and and Ronald Jones are kind of going to take that Leonard Fournette role away and and maybe Leonard Fournette just becomes the the immediate backup for both of these guys but you know I I'm again leaning in on Ronald Jones here I I want the I want a piece of this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense and he's the cheapest one thus far so uh yeah I'm, I'm I'm in yeah uh definitely Rojo I seem like those explosive plays he was making last year uh, were amazing. He has some deep runs for touchdowns. Uh, so he definitely has the talent and uh, yeah, of uh, Super Bowl champion swag. So yeah, he he should be uh coming back ready to play. Definitely, man. Definitely. Let's get into this ADP game, Greg. And so the first one we got queued up, uh, DeAndre Swift as the RB fifteen mm-hmm. going off the board is the fifth pick in the third round or his uh second year counterpart jk dobbins one off one pick later one running back slot later as the rb16 as the uh at at 308 always starting off so difficult it's just so so you have to you you have to ah because oh that is real tough i mean uh i'm i think i'm gonna go with I think I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins. I think uh, J.K. just on the run-heavy offense, run-heavy style, that that team, he's going to get the slight edge. Both of them are going to do really well this year. I think both of them are going to finish in that that top 10. I mean, not top 10, top 15 area. And <clears throat> J.K. Dobbins, but just the run style, the run-heavy play offense, I think he gets uh, an increase in his, his carries this year, uh, you know, an increase in his carries and his uh, receptions. So, I think he's gonna continue working. I have him going for 232 rushing attempts, so um, that's that's a lot. And I think he's gonna you know continue to get into the end zone. They're gonna use him in the red zone along with Lamar Jackson, of course. But uh, J.K. Dobbins is gonna be a little more in that red zone area. PPR leagues though, I, we are speaking from strictly PPRs. Ah, ah, that's tough, man. DeAndre Swift, man, he's gonna be working. Oh, man, oh, I'm going DeAndre Swift. I'm sorry, I'm going DeAndre Swift because of the PPR value. I'm going DeAndre Swift. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Because yeah. look, man, I just I just want to let the people know it might be difficult to see DeAndre Swift's on the wall, though, next to Jonathan Taylor, right under Nick Chubb. So uh, I'm going with my man DeAndre Swift. And I look, this is crazy because if you told me last year I would be selecting DeAndre Swift over J.K. Dobbins in redraft leagues, I would think you're crazy because I'm a big time J.K. Dobbins fan. I followed him since he was at Ohio State. He was one of my favorite players. And when he got drafted to the Ravens, I was, you, I mean, you know, Greg, we co-managed the team last year. I was like, yo, J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Yep, Dobbins. Yep, yep, yep. But I had DeAndre Swift in a couple leagues last year, and I absolutely fell in love with the player. Um, I didn't know how good he was in the past game, and that's where I think the difference is for me. I think yeah. I've got them both projected for the same amount of rush attempts, 
but the the pass game is where yeah. the difference is because you I mean Anthony Lynn is the offensive coordinator over there. Well, who did he just have? Austin Eckler, who like we just talked about, was on pace for over a hundred targets. If DeAndre Swift can get to a hundred targets, I mean that would be absolutely. Stupid. I got him for that, yeah. But yeah, yeah so yeah. exactly. So I mean, and the thing is, is, you could tell a lot of times in projections and just you know doing our rankings and stuff, we have to be able to tell ourselves a story. And so you look around this Lions receiving room and this depth chart, and they're like, well, there's not much here. About to, look about at- to line up for the, the Lions real quick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there's not much there. You're right. <laughs> so there's those targets have to go somewhere. Jared Goff has to throw the ball to somebody. And so, you know, outside of TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift is the next the next best thing going for him. So I think that the sky's the limit for DeAndre Swift. I've got him. As my RB11, like I said, uh, I yeah, I'm I'm really excited about what Swift could be in this in this uh, just in the NFL. Yeah, I realize he he is my tenth running back in my projection. So Swift is the easy answer. I was just you know trying to give the counter for the people that thought J.K. Dobbins for a little bit. I was just setting it up. Well, I mean, look, I'll, and this is not to say I don't like J.K. Dobbins. No, right? absolutely not. You're saying that either. I know you. You're saying that he could take a, a leap in the project in his in his pass catching work, and I think it's possible because J.K. Dobbins is totally that player. And like we talked about when talking about quarterbacks, this pass if this pass volume goes up, you know these this extra targets, those extra opportunities, they've got some of them have to end up with J.K. Dobbins, and you know he's too good of a player not to be involved that way. And so I do love Dobbins and the player. And we obviously, you know, he averaged what, six yards, per, over six yards a carry last year. Yeah, it's just a ridiculous number. And, we, you know, you can't even project him to do that again. But, uh, hey, it's it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a high number playing with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson there. Yep. So, look, I, I'm all in on J.K. Dobbins as well. But the, the question was, which one would I rather have? And I've, like, you have Swift as your RB10. I've got him as my RB11. This is a saying RB fifteen in the third round. I mean, if I can get DeAndre Swift in the third round, I'm I'm as my oh, RB three. Oh man, you're ooh, ooh. Yeah. I did that in the league, by the way. Light flex. Saquon, oh, Saquon, Aaron Jones, and uh, DeAndre Swift. Ooh, so. zero, zero wide receiver this year. I see you. Okay, okay. <laughs> hey, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah, we will get to that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to this uh this next this next ADP game that we got this ADP battle here. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess I have a theme for running backs from the same draft class, but Miles Sanders going off the board as the RB18, the 12th pick in the third round, or Josh Jacobs going off the board as the RB20, ninth pick in the fourth round. Hmm. That is also not as tough, but, you know, also a pretty good one. Uh, you know, that impact really, it comes down to the impact of Kenyon Drake for Josh Jacobs uh, for me. Um, is he going to, you know, take away a lot of carries from Josh Jacobs? I think Josh Jacobs will get his, uh, still get, you know, around that 15 carry mark. I mean, he was pretty high his first couple of years, but uh, I still think he doesn't go under 15 carries. Uh, but I'm a... I'm going to take Josh Jacobs at that value. Um, I think around there, that could be your third running back. And I would have loved that for Josh Jacobs, especially because in the red zone, I think he's still going to be that guy. I think the touchdown number is going to be there. Um, and the price is just higher for Miles Sanders. So I think I would go a little lower for 
probably similar production, honestly, um, at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, this is if you again, if you ask me this this time last year, <laughs> you were ready to fight anyone going against Miles Sanders. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, hands. I didn't want to hear any Miles Sanders slander. I was not trying to hear it. Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb. I didn't want to hear oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> but um. And I was, and I gave all the heat to Josh Jacobs. He was my RB. He was my bust last year at the running back position. Like I said, it wasn't about how he was gonna fin. It wasn't about where he would finish. It would be how he finished. I call him the Amari Cooper of of running backs. But I'm going with Josh Jacobs here, man. I mean, Miles Sanders to me, I have I have some concerns, right? Like, okay, there's the fact they add Kenneth Gainwell, um, who's you know, a similar back to Miles Sanders could also be, do some work in the receiving game. So does he steal some targets from from him there? Also, we know that rushing quarterbacks, there's a there's a, a distinct drop in in volume and target share to these running backs because they're not going to check it down to a running back that's two to three yards away from them when yep. they could get that two to three yards plus some by themselves. So um, I have a concern there. Then Jalen Hurts also, again, stealing some of these these rushing touchdowns. And Josh Jacobs, I mean, his only competition really is Kenyon Drake there. And people are so down on him that you're you're basically getting Jacobs at his floor. Yeah. Um, you know, RB20 is his floor, I think. And – I think he's at the point now where he's a value, and I I don't know if I if I would have said that when the, when the season's when the well when the basically when free agency ended, I don't know if I would have said that. Yeah, I, I still think Josh Jacobs is the clearly the better player than um Kane Drake. You know, Kane Drake got a lot of carries last year, and we were wondering his efficiency wasn't as good as it should have been. Um, I think Chase Young was probably the better runner too in that offense. So uh, Josh Jacobs is gonna he's gonna get his. He doubled his target number last year from his rookie season, um, 27 to 45. Uh, I wouldn't, yeah, I think he can get that number again um, around that 45, maybe a little more. Kane Drake will get his targets well as well, but uh, the passing opportunities will be there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on those points about um, Miles Sanders though. Yeah, I remember last year when Taysom Hill got was running the offense people were freaking out Kamara was not getting as many carries um so it definitely there's an effect to a, a rushing quarterback to a, a dominant running back yeah definitely agree there man and <clears throat> let's move on to this other one we, we talked a little bit about uh Damian Harris but he's like I said going off the board is RB 33 10th pick in the eighth round and this is a guy another guy who was pretty pop pretty popular on our show last year Zach Moss RB 36 going off as the third pick in the ninth round, which one of these guys do you want? I think I'm going to want uh, Zach Moss um, just because of the – actually, that one's tough too because when it comes down to the red zone, you know you know who's getting those rushing touchdowns. Like the Zach Moss is gonna have to eat in, in targets and just rushing yards in general, just being efficient there. Um, but Damian Harris is not gonna really give you any PPR points, so nah, is that's where his trade-off is. But so I'm, I'm yeah, I'm gonna still lean towards Zach Moss. So uh, I think just um, 
towards the end of the season, he was getting more carry, more touches than Devin Singletary. I think that's going to continue coming into this year. Um, he's going to continue to improve. I always thought he was going to be the leader in the backfield last year. Um, I think the it, maybe it comes it comes a little late, but it's going to come, and he's going to be that leader, and he's going to end up with more touches and probably a little more touchdowns, total touchdowns, is rushing and, and carrying. Yeah, I mean, like you said, this one is tough. Uh, didn't I did not intend to make them easy, Greg? I promise you that. Um, but Zach Moss, you know, I think I don't. I still like his situation. I think he can be a good player. I just when compared to Damian Harris, like Damian Harris doesn't have a Devin Singletary, you know, and that's I think that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, they're like almost the same player, just different mm-hmm. types of. I mean statistically they could be the same player but mm-hmm. how they how they do it is going to be different and you know Zach Moss has that touchdown upside but he's also got Josh Allen who's going to steal some of that yep. so it's it's really tough there where with Damian Harris I, I like the path is much clearer for me to see how he you know how he really you know how he can get into an RB2 situation but I, I definitely agree Zach Moss def you know he took a step forward in terms of being the guy. And a lot of things, a lot of times, and I say this often, but we remember when a guy doesn't play, but we don't remember when a guy wasn't healthy and did play. And Zach Moss was that a little bit. Actually, I think he didn't actually play with the high ankle sprain, but he came back early and there's no way that, you know, he could have been the same player, you know, lacked some explosiveness. And that's probably why we saw a much better Zach Moss at the end of the season. So, I'm not nothing against Zach Moss. I think he's actually been pretty valuable uh, in drafts this year, and, and I've scooped him up in a, in a few leagues. So uh, let's get to this last this last one here, Greg, mm-hmm. and that is AJ Dillon, the RB 39, okay. going off as the third pick in the tenth round, or Gus Edwards, the RB 42, going off as the first pick in the eleventh round. Uh, I'm buying a lot of AJ Dillon. I'm with the AJ Dillon. If you you're basically sliding him into Jamal Williams' spot, and uh, Jamal Williams is always getting the ball. He was always getting at least 100 carries a year. Uh, so I, I'm with that. I'm with him getting red zone carries and getting rushing touchdowns. Um, and that's a big boy. AJ Dillon is a, a big boy. He's bigger than Jamal Williams, so he he's gonna be uh be a physical back. Um, and I'm with that more than. I think he he's gonna end up getting more touches than Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is still gonna get uh, his um, his five to ten you know ten carries a game and be efficient with that. But uh, yeah, I think AJ Dillon sliding into that Jamal Williams spot has a more prominent role for sure in that Packers offense. Yeah, bro, I'm totally with you again here. I mean, again, yeah. I think Gus Edwards is gonna have his role. It's gonna be secure. Um, you know, he's you know he's gonna get volume in that you know some volume some work in that offense because of the, the amount of rush <clears> attempts. <throat> have but again we've been talking the story that hey if this pass volume goes up like those plays have to come from somewhere too so does that mean less rush attempts here for Gus Edwards right something we have to factor in but like you said AJ Dillon is just sliding in yep. to the yep. Jamal Williams role like it's a pretty seamless transition yep. and I think it helps both players and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon because Aaron Jones doesn't have a player there to steal the pass game work. Cause I don't think AJ Dillon is going to be used in that way, but AJ Dillon is also going to get eight to 10 carries a game and really, you know, really do well with those carries. Plus he's got the built-in upside. We've seen Aaron Jones get nicked up throughout his career where you can get 
a the Packers starting running back and AJ Dillon, you know, for one week, two weeks, and we know those weeks, Greg. Like, oh, those yeah. Weeks, oh just yeah, to win a week. Yep. In a league, that's the right? difference. This it makes a difference between you know making the playoffs or just missing it. So, um, you know, AJ Dillon's a guy that has a ton of upside here. I mean, you could argue that Gus Edwards has similar upside, but you know, J.K. Dobbins is young. He's he's in his prime. Um, you know, the injury rate at the running back position is high, but Aaron Jones has missed quite a few games, been nicked up at times. And we know how the Packers are with their players. We saw last year, you know, Packers players were frustrated in Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones that they were they were healthy or they felt like they were healthy, but the Packers, you know, the injury, the doctors, the team doctors would hold them back an extra week just to make sure they were actually good you know, so they were ready for so they didn't have to regress during the season. So if that happens, if something like that happens again, again, AJ Dillon brings a ton of value. He was actually gonna be my sleeper here. Yeah. Uh, but I went with Michael Carter instead. But AJ Dillon is definitely a guy for me. Yeah, if you're gonna give AJ Dillon Jamal Williams opportunity, sign me up. Um just I could see him just wearing down teams in third, fourth quarter, like when the Packers are winning, just like just wearing him down, honestly. Uh, yeah, like Kareem Hunt status when the Browns are like, you know, just giving him the ball on some drives. Yeah, I just hope that it doesn't become a situation like remember the Titans game last year, where for no rhyme, no reason, it was just AJ Dillon. It was. You're 21 right. Twenty-one carries, and Aaron <laughs> Jones just—he was like the Jamal Williams, and it just didn't—it just didn't compute. And I, I was really upset because I lost the fantasy league fantasy finals to my brother in our dynasty league because Aaron Jones touched the ball like seven times mm. and I was I'm not and I'm not gonna lie I was really upset about it but um you did win a fantasy championship off Aaron Jones you know yeah so, but that was like two years ago man I mean I know it's like a you know it comes all back it is it's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh it comes full circle right yeah full circle yeah. If you won with him yeah. a championship I mean, you, you know you're gonna lose I'm gonna him. lose yeah. one right yeah, yeah. okay yeah. yeah I guess I guess that makes sense <laughs> math checks out there but, hey, everybody, thank you for rocking with us. We really appreciate it. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, Anchor, wherever the podcast is, is, is posted, please subscribe, rate, review the show. We, we genuinely appreciate that. Leave a comment. Uh, we'll, we would love to answer questions. Also, make sure you're following Greg on Instagram. Uh, at we underscore made it you'll see that right there underneath his picture but also make sure you follow him on twitter at g money underscore truth we finally got greg on twitter uh so that's exciting and then you can follow me at jr football nerd obviously that's underneath me as well but also if you're watching on youtube make sure you subscribe yes sir you hit the notification bell uh and again if you have any comments about the running backs about our, our rankings. If you have any disagreements, leave them in the comment section. Again, we'd love to hear them. We'd love to, to read and react to them. So again, we appreciate all the support, everybody. And uh, as always, have a good one. And we're out of here. Peace. Yeah.